when you know something, standing on it so long as it makes sense to be confident in, but also having the humility to really be able to say, no, I really don't know that, um, and open to new information coming in. Yeah, and I guess that's that kind of. I guess there's a balance to be to be found there between kind of rigidity and flexibility because if you know, like you said, like if you're so if if a person is so rigid that they're not able to adapt to their like real, realistically ever changing environment, then you know this is going to be kind of a, a miserable <laughs> time. We are surrounded by the symbols and artifacts of our time, yet. Too few seek to know what they mean. <clears throat> Alright, ready? Okay. okay, yeah. Quick swig of my coffee. Alright. <clears throat> With so many uncertainties in life, how can one move forward confidently? Better yet, why should one take the time to contemplate these uncertainties? Hello fellow alchemists and stoners, and welcome back to another episode of Philosopher's Stone, where we do just a little bit of game chair philosophy. Here on Philosopher's Stone, our purpose is to spark synergistic conversations on a myriad of complex and complicated topics. So, Darren, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you? Doing phenomenal. So, how's your yeah? How's your week been? It's been good. It's been productive, which has felt really, really good. Um, yeah, gotten a lot of work done at home. I'm kind of working on a home server that gotten a lot of progress done. That's been pretty fun. How about you? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, doing pretty good. Uh, this week has been been pretty busy. You know, just again, kind of getting settled in here to Florida and all that kind of good stuff. So, have you read anything interesting lately? Kind of recently, I started the Book of Enoch, um, which kind of starts out with an account of Enoch. Um, and that's been very, very interesting, talking about, like, the Watchers, which are, like, some kind of fallen angels from heaven that, and Enoch basically communicating between them and God. So it's been a very interesting book that I've been reading through. Um, yeah. So that's probably been the most interesting one that I've read so far. How about you? Fascinating. Um, yeah, so I finished The Prince not too long ago, which was really good. And then I was like, okay, what should I move on to? And yeah, I was like, <laughs> I went to, went like on Amazon trying to figure out what book I wanted to read next. And I was like, okay, you know, <clears throat> you have the prince. And then I was like, okay, I want to read the discourses. But then in order to understand the discourses, I had to read like, I think, was it Livy's, Livy's History of Rome or something like that. And so I was like, okay, I have to read that first. And then, like, as I was perusing through that, I saw, like, some of Dostoevsky's stuff. I was like, oh, I got to read that. And then as I was, like, perusing through that, I saw, like, Frederick Nietzsche's stuff. I'm like, okay, got to read all that. And then I finally settled on this book called Prepared by uh, Mike Glover. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. <laughs> so you read all of that before you started this book? No. i I... <laughs> um, But, yeah, so it's... Yeah, started reading this uh, prepared by Mike Glover. It's a little bit off of the whole like power trip that I've been on, both literally and figuratively, uh, with the, uh, <laughs> you know, with the uh, you know Art of War, Forty Eight Laws of Power, and the Prince and everything, and you know, prepared is a uh, it's a good book. It's kind of about you know preparedness and stuff like that, and just making sure, you know, when, you know. Things go awry, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, you know, natural disasters, civil unrest, like, all this other kind of stuff, you know, just making sure that things are in place so that, you know, people can thrive through those less than ideal situations. And so, um, it's definitely interesting, definitely an easy read, but uh, it's definitely got a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good advice, a lot of good information in there. As far as, like, interesting ideas, um... I did come across an interesting idea this week, and it actually came from a podcast, another podcast, not Philosopher's Stone. It should have come from Philosopher's Stone, but it didn't come from Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> well, now it will. And yeah, now it will. Um, but I like I listen to to T Rex talks. It's um, it's a good podcast. I like I like some of their stuff. But they kind of came up with a, a little bit of a of a metaphor type deal, and 
it was an interesting metaphor, and it's kind of been one I've been kind of turning over in my head a little bit. And he was talking about, um, like, navigation. He was doing all this study on navigation and stuff like that. And, you know, you have your your geographical North Pole. You also have your magnetic North Pole. And then you have, I want to say, some, like, third north, like, celestial north or something based on the North Star or something, where you have all these uh, ideas of what north is, but they're different depending on, like, what tools and, like, kind of what... Uh, what um, I guess perspective you're coming at it from and so I think he was kind of making the argument that a lot of times especially like on the internet and stuff like that there's um, often a discussion of people who kind of already have an understanding a basic understanding of what north is like if you have a compass that points to magnetic north especially kind of down here towards the, the equator like that'll get you close close enough to, to heading towards the the geographical northern direction right or um, if you're looking at celestial north, like the North Star, using that to guide you, like that can kind of get you towards, like on the, the path towards like the geographical north uh, type stuff. But those methods aren't necessarily as accurate as heading towards geographical north, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so going back to the conversation, of, of, oftentimes there are uh, discussions where you have people that already kind of have a, a fuzzy idea, a general idea of what north is, right? But the the context of the, the of the discussion is really trying to define, okay, are we talking about geographical north or are we talking about uh, magnetic north? And I think he brought out a good point that often, like a lot of times in like religious discussions, um, you know, a lot of times there'll be people that come out and, see, and say like, well, because you can't agree, therefore, like... Um, Therefore, that must mean that this religion um, doesn't hold water, I guess you could say. But what they fail to understand is that this discussion is less about the, the, the I guess, the, the existence of the religion, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and more about the, the specificities of, of uh, like, they have their general idea of north, but the discussion is more about, you know, what specifically are they talking about, you know, magnetic north versus geographical north versus celestial north right um and so that was kind of an interesting metaphor he kind of brought out and i was thinking kind of with our podcast and everything um i was like that's it's kind of interesting kind of keep that in the back of my mind as we kind of dive into some of these topics just like you know making sure that you know um i don't know if i would say necessarily making sure but like you know i'm wondering if how often we you know, we kind of agree on on certain topics, but really the discussion is kind of more kind of fine-tuning some of the ideas, figuring out, again, kind of what geographical north and uh, and magnetic north (laughs) are. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so that was was an... I think that makes a lot of sense, and like, yeah, I think it is something that's important to keep in mind as you get into pretty heavy abstract uh, discussions of just like, yeah, it's not arguing whether or not one exists or not, but oftentimes it's more so, yeah, just fine-tuning kind of the nature of the thing rather than the existence of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving on with uh, with this podcast, one, we do apologize for not recording for a bit. Um... Yeah, again, just kind of scheduling issues. Uh, me, with all my moving and stuff like that, kind of get settled in. Um, we have been kind of, you know, we're trying to get back on a more consistent uh, recording schedule, um, but we do appreciate all y'all's uh, patience with us as we try to, again, kind of kind of reestablish our, our, um, our routine, our schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to let you guys know, this is take two of uh, of an episode. Um, I don't know why we're having issues with video podcasts, um, but yeah, technology and everything. We're still trying to work out the kinks and everything. So again, appreciate your patience and bearing with us as we try to kind of figure these things out and kind of move forward with the, the exciting stuff that we have planned with uh, with this podcast. So yeah, I just want to kind of keep all you guys in the loop with that. Um... Other than that, I don't know if we have anything super special 
with the podcast. I know I did update the discussions channel, so again, if you guys have any thoughts, ideas, perspectives, um, questions, like anything on any sort of specific episode that we've done, or if there's another discussion you guys would like to would like to discuss, um, you're like, you know, what? I wonder how this topic affects you know people's daily lives and everything. Um, yeah, feel free to drop in the discussions and feel free to drop your ideas and, and thoughts and everything in there. And uh, yeah, we'd be more than more than happy to dive in to those those topics and everything. So, uh, is there anything else I'm I'm missing as far as our podcast goes? I don't think so. I think yeah, just like a thank you to everyone in Discord and uh, to the people listening on Spotify or YouTube. Just yeah, it, it's been a while since we've gotten something up, but hopefully this will come out well and we'll get this up and get back onto that routine for you guys yeah yeah absolutely so now without further ado let us dive into the topic of how to deal with uncertainties and why and again as always before we do i would like to give our quick disclaimer that is that and that is (laughs) to us information is information neither true nor false right nor wrong good nor bad and our response to these topics are merely our subjective perspectives of the assumed objective reality. We are not subject matter experts, and as such, we would like to invite all of you beautiful philosophers and or alchemists and stoners to join us via the public discourse channel on Discord or through the comments down below of all your thoughts, p- opinions, perspectives, and experiences you might have in relation to the topic at hand. And now, let us dive into how to deal with uncertainties and why. And I would like to kind of give a little bit of scope, a little bit of of a frame of reference for kind of this topic, which sounds kind of odd and fuzzy and everything. But the, I think I kind of came to a realization at at one point. um, I was kind of at a at a pretty well-populated event and um you know which was cool it was fun like uh all kinds of good stuff but i kind of began to realize that that you know people were enjoying the event as they should right um but i kind of came to a realization is like there are so many things in life that don't seem to be super definite like don't seem to be super like so many abstract ideas so many abstract or maybe not even abstract, but like, you know, everything from like political differences to religious differences to different paradigms and in, in viewing the world, you know, flatter theory versus rounder theory. Um, you know, all these, all these kind of things that at least to me seem to seem to be pretty important and be pretty impactful in how a person goes about and in interacting with their environment and everything. Um, and how they, they make decisions and, and this, that, and the other, um, and so I guess that kind of brought me to the, to the idea of this, this, the topic of this episode is like, how, how can one deal with those really uncertainties, um, those deep questions, um, in life and why should someone take the time to dive into those questions and to dive into those, those trying to figure out those uncertainties, at least those uncertainties for themselves, um, and so, yeah. With that, uh, with that being said, uh, Darren, you wanna you wanna go ahead and give us your your thoughts. <laughs> just just give me the whole topic, why don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, how to deal with uncertainties? I think my kind of knee jerk reaction is like. First, understanding that you don't know everything, which I know kind of sounds like a, well, duh, kind of a statement, but I think that understanding that there is more to learn means that just because something is uncertain doesn't mean that there is no answer, there is no solution to it, Um, but that, you know, there might be an answer and it's up to you to actually move towards it and then I think the next thing beyond that would just be starting to establish what you do know right yeah 
and I think that's actually a very uh, important thing what you just said is that just because there are uncertainties on a given topic does not necessarily mean it's not indicative that there is no answer to the uncertain topic and so I think that's at least as we proceed through uh, through this discussion I do think that that's a very very important uh, distinction to, to make there and yeah, again, how to deal with those uncertainties. I think probably starting out, I would argue, is kind of what an idea that that you kind of talk a lot about, Darren, and that is the, the integration of the individual. And I think dealing with uncertainties begins with, probably begins with dealing with, with the uncertainties of self, dealing with the Like making sure everything within oneself is kind of in alignment, if that makes sense, so that it's it makes the evaluative process of kind of more external things. Um, I don't know. Better. Yeah, I I don't know that I would agree with that actually, because I think that. It's both. It's internal and external growth at the same time. You grow in your understanding of the world around you, but in that, that also grows your understanding of you. Sorry, can you run that by me one more time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think that into like being well integrated and integrity is very much something that's worthwhile and it can clear your head a lot but I don't think that that always reduces the number of questions you have going on internally or the uncertainty internally because I think you grow in both um, concurrently I think that's the word for it um, where you grow in your understanding of the world around you as well as your understanding of you at the same time Yeah. So, okay. But would you say that in order to to begin to deal with those with the uncertainties I guess Okay, so then I guess the question is like where does I guess where does one start to to deal with those? Yeah, I kind of like I said earlier, but I'll kind of expound on it. I think starting with what you already do know, the things that you know for certain, right? Like you have something very, very uncertain, like let's say career, right? You don't know what you want to do. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what you're going to be for the rest of your life. And that can actually be very, very daunting. Um, but you might know if you prefer to work with things or work with people, right? That might be something that you already know for certain. Or you might know that certain careers are not going to sustain the kind of life that you want to live, right? For you and me, if we want to, you know, get married, support a family, so on and so forth, not every career path is going to support that, right? Mm -hmm. And so off the bat, we know, hey, that's actually not going to be... Um, what I'm interested in, or the other way around, like, I know that I don't really want a lot of limits put on me, so kind of a very competitive corporate position might not be the ideal uh, job for me. I know that already, right? And I can establish mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I would kind of caution against fully closing your mind off to it, because, you know, life might have other um, ideas for you, but you can at least establish, hey, where I'm at right now, this is not what I'm looking for, or this is what I'm looking for. And that will begin to give you a better understanding of where you're trying to go with it. Yeah, I think part of that is kind of, I think it's kind of being, I guess using using what you do know in order to 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 create a a decision or or a judgment on on whatever topic 
but still having the the flexibility to take in new data and and make adjustments as necessary if that makes any sense yeah that does and i think that's right um i listened to this one lecture where it talked about will and it said that it's not entirely clear that the people with an iron will are more successful because people with an iron will cannot adapt to the world around them um and that was actually very very interesting for me i had never heard anything like that before and so i think yeah i i do think that there's a balance there of you know, when you know something, standing on it so long as it makes sense to be confident in, but also having the humility to really be able to say, no, I really don't know that, um, and open to new information coming in. Yeah, and I guess that's, that kind of, I guess there's a balance to be, to be found there between kind of rigidity and flexibility, because if, you know, like you said, like if you're so, if, if a person is so rigid, that they're not able to adapt to their like real, realistically ever changing environment, then you know this is going to be kind of a, a miserable <laughs> time. Um, but at the same time, being so flexible that like every change you just kind of blow with the wind, well then like you're not going to be able to build any sort of like like strong. Um, like you're not going to have any strong foundation with which to, to to build your life and everything. So, um, I think having, you know, some kind of balance there, it definitely, at least definitely give some kind of strong foundation, strong ground with which to kind of like back to the, toward back to the topic is deal with the uncertainties. At least it'd be a good, um, a solid point to, to evaluate the uncertainties from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, Basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that is a good starting point, but I don't know that that really solves the issue of uncertainties because while you are able to, while you kind of have a set path forward to resolving uncertainty, that doesn't really answer the core root of the issue, which is like, how do you live with uncertainty, right? You have a path yeah. forward, and often that path forward can be really assuring, and I do think it should be, and it should be really encouraging that, like, okay, there is a way forward in this, um, but it doesn't actually address the issue of living with uncertainties. And I think, I don't know, it's been my experience so far that even following that path, right, there are plenty of things I'm you know, I feel much better about than I used to, but there's also plenty more questions that I have than I did before. Um, yeah. And, um, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And I think definitely, hold on, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Like it's, it's a good, good position from which to, 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 I guess, to begin the evaluative process, but not, you know, it's not the, the end all be all because like, I guess like, you know, so you have, you have to make a major life decision, right? You have life decision. And so you have choice A or choice B, right? And so, you know, it's a, a huge uncertainty. So you could be like, okay, like, you know, be, you know, rigid and like, say you're like your principles and things like things you live by, you know, um, maybe rigid and things that are valuable to you. Um, you know, once you've kind of done the evaluative process being like, okay, what's important to me is, is family important is, you know, my career important. Um, like what's, uh, how much time am I going to be spending, you know, doing option A or option B or whatever. Um, and kind of figure out how, which option kind of is more in tune with, with, you are as an individual but if they're both kind of equally valid then um you know i heard a i heard a funny term but uh, i feel like it's very easy to to become stuck in paralysis by analysis type deal you know what i'm saying like like you're so like you're evaluating both options so much that you don't like move anywhere right yeah um and so you're kind of and i think with a lot of uncertainties like you start adding 
on more and more uncertainties of the equation, then it's like, like how do I how do I interact with my environment now? Because there are so many variables, so many um, so many things that can change, so, so many things that uh, you know what have you. But and so, but even then, like once you make a selection, like say you go with option A, you know how often as you kind of get down the road, how often you're going to be looking back at option B is like, well, option B would have been much better, right, than the path I'm currently on, versus if you switch, if you went to option B, how often would, would you look back and look at option A? It's like, oh, option A would have been much better than where I'm at now. Um, which I guess you could say that's kind of reflective of the whole, um, the whole, what is it? Ideal converting the unbearable present to the ideal future type deal. The grass is yeah, always cool. greener on the other side. Um, so, well, I don't know. I think even in that, if you made the best decision you could with where you were at, right? And you look back and you say, "Man, I wish I would have done that." Like, you have no guarantees that making the other decision truly would have been better. I don't know that you can really make that kind of an argument. Well, yeah, and I would I would agree. Like I I think that there are because of our perceptions and the way we tend to perceive things, um I I would 100% agree that that either option is going to have things that we can easily focus on as negatives. Um and thus putting the option we didn't choose as the better option that we should have chosen, if that makes sense. Yeah. But and, I and think... So, sorry, go ahead. Well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, like, I think, at least the way I view it, I think that the, the solution to that is just a, a perspective issue, and that's changing our perspective into, like, okay, the bad things aren't as bad, and I still have a lot of good things out of the decision I made, and I can't go back and change it, so what's the point? Why am I wasting energy, right? Um, but at, as far as, like, making the decision in the first place, um, I guess the point I was trying to make is, like, with those kind of uncertainties, I guess it's it's... I guess one shouldn't be surprised that they find themselves in that thought process of the other option would have been better. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. And that that does make sense. Um, yeah. And I think there's a few things to unpack here, actually, because we've kind of covered, um, like, analysis paralysis, basically, let's say, opportunity costs guilt, um and is there another one? Opportunity cost, I like that. Yeah, yeah, cuz that's really kind of what you're complaining about when you say I should have done the other thing. It's an opportunity cost, right? Either that or it's a I mean basically the same thing but trade-off. Yeah, cost, yeah, trade-off. Um and then I think another part of this is when it comes to uncertainties, I think it's very easy to Assume that there must be an answer, right? That there's kind of a should be in the situation, right? Explain. Well, like, you, you know, if you're uncertain about, uncertain about something, like, oh man, I don't know this thing, it's like, well, there should be an answer to it and I don't know it. Um, hmm. But I think that that... I don't know, at least for me, I feel has been a paradigm shift lately of really seeing, really seeing things, uh, there's a quote way back when we first started this podcast that we really liked from Maps of Meaning, um, where it's like, there are two ways, there are two ways to validly construe the world as a place for objects or a forum for action, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's been a while since we've referenced that. Um, but I think that's very important is like the, oh, there should be an answer for this, right? I think that's that kind of uh, place for things mindset of like, there's a thing is at a place is not, you know, within my possession, abstractly. 
Um, but I think understanding the forum for action side of it, like it's an ongoing conversation with your environment. So even if you make a decision that you're like, oh man, this wasn't a great decision, you're still in conversation with your environment. And I think that that's a much more... I, I don't want to say robust, but I think that that's a... I think that's a much more valid way of considering uncertainties is same thing like if I'm in conversation with you and I don't know what you think about something, right? That's an uncertainty, but we're in conversation so I can find out what you think about that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so even if, you know, let's say we're in the middle of a podcast and we kind of come across something that we completely disagree on, right? It's going yep. to feel strained, it's going to feel difficult for a while, but you're still in conversation, you and I are still in conversation, and so we can still work through that idea and come to, you know, a resolution that actually makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think where that comes into play with uncertainty is understanding that that kind of uncertainty, it's not necessarily that there is like a should-be answer to it, but I think it is an ongoing conversation within your life um that you know if you step up and decide to have that conversation i think that things can really change and go well for you but if you kind of shy away from the conversation i think that uncertainty will just kind of stick there you know yeah and i think there's there's definitely an important clarification to make here and darren correct me if i'm if i'm wrong um but i think from what you've just just described it it makes it seem like there you know we 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 kind of wrestle with the uncertainty assuming that there's an answer um which sounds like that there is no answer it sounds like kind of the or the answer is the antithesis of the 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 argument um but kind of like what we've previously said, that just because there is, um, I guess just because because there are uncertainties does not necessarily insinuate there is no answer, if that makes sense. But I think yeah. maybe what you're trying to trying to say is that with uncertainties we assume there's an easy answer is probably maybe a better way of putting it. Um, but in order to find the answer that does exist is going to require time and effort. Um, and like you said, kind of have that conversation with, with one's environment um, in order to figure out what that answer is to the to whatever uncertain topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's very important to make. Yeah, I don't think that I'm saying that there is no answer, but it might be something um, <clears throat> where you have to create an answer right and that okay that that doesn't mean that there isn't an answer to it it just means that it hasn't actually been properly formulated yet yeah or that there's multiple answers and you just kind of have to pick one and go um the and that actually kind of leads back to the analysis paralysis thing um another thing i'll just kind of throw in and i'd like to hear your thoughts on it is that you know we play rocket league a lot right and mm -hmm. in rocket league like the gameplay can get really really fast really intense um and you can sit there and see like five different things that you can do with the ball but if you kind of get stuck in that analysis paralysis which i noticed i did for a very long time because of course i want the right answer right um you can miss every opportunity that you just had right mm -hmm. and if you had taken a shot even if it's not the best one if even if it's not the correct one that in that situation would have been far better than sitting there and not doing anything um yeah and so yeah that noticing that has actually been really important for me of just like hey even if i'm going to miss even if it's not going to do much there are situations in which it's better to just 
take even the wrong step forward, I can recover and we can keep playing the game rather than sit here and do nothing and let, you know, the opportunities literally pass me by. Yeah, and I think even, like, kind of more so than that, like, I think on a day-to-day, you know, we drive vehicles all the time, right? If we really sat down and thought about, like, the inherent dangers involved with driving a, a vehicle, like, I would argue that a lot of us would, would be <laughs> kind of hesitant to drive a vehicle. Like, you know, the only thing that's keeping us from getting in the car wrecks is a dotted... is lines in the in pavement and a general agreement to not play bumper cards like <laughs> like and you know like people communicate uh commute like to and from work and everything like who's to say that some dude isn't drunk off his ass at three o'clock in the afternoon and t-bones you like as you're going through an intersection right like we don't like to think about those things but that's a very real like uh possibility and um but yet we still are able to to you know, commute, we're able to, to drive wherever we need to go. Um, even though those, those inherent dangers, those inherent threats are, are, are very real and they, they exist. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I think, I think kind of that analysis paralysis can be uh, not can exist like uh, even on a day to day type of thing. So we did have a comment that says, "Is fear a fail? Is fear of failure a root cause of analysis paralysis? Are there multiple root causes? Is fear of failure a root cause of analysis paralysis? Are there multiple root causes?" Um, I don't know if it's that's. I guess you could say that. Uh, to some extent, fear of failure, but I think that there's. I think it can be multiple just... things, but I think that fear of failure is probably a very strong one. Um, I think another one is might be fear of missing out of opportunities of going one direction versus the other, right? Kind of that opportunity cost aspect of yeah. If I go this way, I miss out on these other opportunities that I kind of do want. Um, yeah, but I—I I, I guess sorry, it, go ahead. I was gonna say, I guess it it really depends on how one defines failure. Like, because if failure is, um, you know, making a bad trade-off, I mean, sure, you could say that. But if failure means, um, well, I guess. Failure would be defined with the definition of success, like, you know, the success of the decision, um, everything. That kind of leads down a whole other rabbit trail. But, um, yeah, I think it really come down to, to fear of success. And I think, to some extent, I think maybe you could say fear of failure is kind of a good thing because if there was no fear of failure, then... I don't know if we would have the, you know, at least from from kind of a a, um, you know, evolutionary aspect, a um, what's the phrase, the hunter gatherer aspect. I don't know if we would necessarily have the instincts to survive the way we have, um, if we didn't have some tendency to avoid failure. Um, and so I think to some extent that could be a good thing, but at the same time, kind of I guess uh, I guess over contemplating, and maybe to some extent the over contemplation, the over the analysis, uh, over analysis part is could could be a form of losing perspective, um, because of that that static analysis aspect, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think. <clears throat> Um, kind of going on to that, it can be easy, right? So let's say you have something that you're uncertain about, an issue in your life, and you start thinking about it, and you begin to actually understand the significance of that thing. It can really cause you to start looking at things from a different perspective. But 
because you're kind of in a transitory state, I think you can lose that clarity on the situation if it really starts making you question things that you felt very confident about. I have no idea where I was going with that. Um, <clears throat> gonna be completely honest, but <laughs> I think well, that, yeah, go for it. Save me, help. Well, <laughs> well I think kind of kind of going on, uh, kind of furthering furthering the point a little bit. Like, um, you know, say that you're at a pool and you're about to do kind of a high dive, and it's not like I'm not talking about like super high, like record breaking, but I'm saying like, you know, you're you're a couple of feet up from the surface of the water, right? Your first time, right? You've never done this before, right? And you look at the water and you've heard like, you know, stories of how, you know, surface tension of water can be like concrete at some point and you don't want to break your leg. You've heard of all these people like, uh, you know, you're not even confident in your own swimming abilities. Like how, how do you know you're going to like resurface after you go in, right? You could think of all these crazy things, right? Uh, stories, TikToks, memes, uh, you know, all this other stuff, right? And you can legitimately, like, paralyze yourself and not be able to take that jump um, because of of the negative perspective that, that, you know, you've taken. Or you can look at it as, you know, how many of other people have jumped from the same platform? You know, say this is like a public park or something like that. How many, like, people have done it successfully um, and not even made, like, a perfect swan dive into the water like maybe they just did a belly flop but yet they still managed to survive right um so like you know what's the worst that can happen um at that point and even then it's like this is a new experience why not like take the leap and and enjoy life to its fullest you know take that risk um you know and so uh you know you frame it in that that perspective then i would argue that making that jump can become a lot easier um and so, yeah, I guess the the point is, I think the whole analysis paralysis kind of thing, which I think maybe we're kind of stuck on a little bit, but especially when it comes to uncertainty, sometimes maybe just, uh, you know, how many of how many other people have made this decision before and have been successful? How many people have gone with option A have been successful? How many people have gone with option B and been successful? Like, um, kind of going through that evaluative process and uh, trying to figure out. And eventually, at some point, just, you know, take the leap of faith. Um, and then just kind of, you know, work with what you got from that point on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that was inspiring or not. I was trying to be inspiring. <laughs> it was very inspiring. Yeah. I think you... it. If you question things to the point where you begin to lose grip of reality um and you don't feel confident that you can get back to reality from that that can be a very bad thing um especially if you stay in that state for a very long time because yeah i think that can lead to confusion and then um paralysis and i think uncertainty will begin to continue to paralyze you potentially i don't know um, one of our commenters said, how does integration and uncertainty relate to one another? Where is uncertainty in a process of integration? I think, I think you mean integration and uncertainty. What did I say? Oh, you can't, you can't see me. Disregard. I was doing air quotes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who are watching this after the fact, um, we're recording in Discord right now, and Dustin's camera is not on in Discord, so I cannot see him. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yep. So, Dustin, how does integration and uncertainty relate to one another? I was going to ask you the same thing. We'll ask you first. Um, okay, fine. How does integration and uncertainty relate to one another? Well, I think uncertainty can be an aspect in the integration process, if that makes sense. And I'm, again, I'm not speaking from any sort of uh, place of expertise, any sort of authority. I'm still working on my own integration. So anything I say, please take it with a grain of salt. Do what works for you. 
<laughs> we are not subject matter experts. We are far from subject matter experts. Uh, <laughs> but, which is why, you know, we have synergistic conversations on, on a myriad complex of and complex and complicated On a myriad topics. of complex and complicated topics, yes. Um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, integration and uncertainty. I think... I mean, I'll even I'll even give my own experience. Like, you know, there have been a couple, like, probably more than a couple of years, where, you know, I've I've sat down and I've you know asked myself the question, who am I? Who am I as a person? And you know, I've taken like all these personality tests and everything, which I'm not saying like I'm not saying anything negative about personality tests. I'm just saying. Like, with the way I framed, like, kind of my my viewpoint, right? I was looking at, um, I don't want to say validation, but I was looking for the answer to that question from, ex- like, externally. Like, who am I? What is my personality? Like, um, yeah, who am I? Like, I guess beginning that integrate, integration process. How do I behave? How do I act in the world? And everything. And so... And because I was looking for answers externally, like, I just kind of got frustrated. Like, like I couldn't find an answer. I couldn't find a solid answer. Um, and so there's a lot of uncertainty there. Until I came to a realization in that, you know, maybe who I am is not based on, you know, the answer to that is not going to be 100% on you know, somebody else telling me, Dustin, this is who you are. But maybe a part of that in- integration process, a part of that finding that, that answer to who I am is defining for myself who I am and defining for myself how I'm going to act and how I'm going to behave in certain situations. Um, and then following through with that and, and living those things out. Um, and that, I would argue, is kind of more of an inside-out kind of perspective. Um and everything, and so I think, in that instance, there's a level of uncertainty. Like, who am I as a person? Like, how can I function in the world if I don't even know who I am, right? Um, and then, you know, kind of uh, trying to answer that question, and then coming to that conclusion in that integration process. So I guess, and that in that case, that that kind of there was kind of a relationship there between integration and uncertainty. And then, where is uncertainty in a process of integration? I think that's kind of that's kind of it as well. I think, um, I mean, even in uh, Tony Robbins' "Awaken the Giant Within," as well as his uh, "Unlimited Power," I think is what it's called. Um, it kind of talks about at least part of the, the integration process of like, you know, what are my values? What are my beliefs? And actually writing those things out basically facing the uncertainty and being like okay like what are my top 10 values what are my top 10 beliefs um how many of these and how many of these beliefs empower me how many of these beliefs disempower me um how many of these beliefs contradict each other how many of these values contradict each other and how do i rearrange this in a way that's that's more in tune to who i am and is better for me to interact with the with the world around me and so i think uh, I, I hope that kind of answers the question at least a little bit um but at least it's kind of my my take on on answering that question darren you look like you're really thinking really hard there yeah i'm trying to come to some answer that makes sense if i'm being honest um but yeah i think a lot of what you said makes sense and i i think i recognize that within myself as well um which I think some of this we kind of talked about in our episode on nihilism, if I remember correctly. Probably but slept since then. <laughs> but in yeah, in my experience, when I first, I I wouldn't say I even really realized I was working on integration, but whenever I first really began looking inward and saying, "Hey, like you know, what what is this thing that I call me?" Um, 
it was shocking the level of uncertainty that there was in that because suddenly it was like nothing that I knew was for certain. But as time went on and as I began to, like kind of I said before, establish the things that you know are certain and sort through that and process through it and kind of work through it, um, there came a point when just like things began clicking one thing after another after another after another and it felt like everything that I had kind of unbuilt rebuilt far more quickly than I realized it would. Um, but yeah, I think whenever it comes to integration, um, there's always going to be uncertainty within that because I love it in meditations. Uh, there's one quote in there where it's like, you have no guarantees that today's understanding is sufficient for tomorrow's problems. Mm-hmm. And I really agree with that. Um, I think there's always going to be new things that come up that are going to bring a bunch of new questions. But I would say realizing what I've built, I'm not afraid to unbuild it and rebuild it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then and I was... Yeah, go for it. Uh, um, I was going to say that's actually one of the 48 laws of power is uh, is maintain formlessness in a yeah. sense of uh, kind of like what you're saying like don't even though it's uncomfortable even though it can be difficult um, like being able to maintain the flexibility to be able to, to you know tear ourselves down in order to rebuild ourselves um, yeah and everything and so uh yeah very very wise words very inspiring (laughs) yeah yeah which i think when you first start that it can be incredibly uncertain because you don't know what you're going to find but i think as you get more comfortable with that process things become much more certain because you know you're capable of doing it yeah and i don't know i'm kind of hesitant to to go here but i think this this kind of relates to to the topic at hand with the, the uncertainties. We haven't even disco- discussed why we should deal with uncertainties, but <laughs> um, maybe we can give it, do a, cre- a brief thing on that. But um, again, like I said, I'm, I'm reading Prepared by Mike Glover, and, uh, which is, again, it's a very, very good book, uh, very interesting stuff. But, um, you know, kind of getting to some, some personal beliefs, you know, I, I, I do believe in, and, um, you know, I do believe in and support kind of Second Amendment stuff um, because I do believe in and protecting uh, people that that I care about and that uh, are around me and stuff like that. And so, with that comes, I believe, comes with a lot of responsibility. You know, inherently. Um, but in prepared, um, Mike Lever basically asked a question that I hadn't really considered. Um, and that is at what point in a, a situation, a, in a less than ideal situation where, you know, I'm having to defend, defend myself or defend those around me, um, at what point would I feel morally okay with application of, of deadly force, um, and really, not just like generally, but like really define for myself at what point, if you know someone came at me or came at you know people I love with uh, you know malicious intent, uh, where is that line? And that's even before read, ask, uh, reading that book. That's kind of been a question I've been asking myself. Where is that line? I think that can not necessarily say in that topic specifically, but uh, I think in that integrated integrative process and like especially in in how one intends on interacting with the world like we have to be okay with asking ourselves those tough questions and we might not get to a solution immediately and that's definitely something again i'm still evaluating and still trying to trying to figure out for myself but um yeah like uh again i think maybe part of that integrated integrative process and dealing with those uncertainties is kind of could be a point of definition i guess i i, I guess uh, the point I'm trying to make, um, and even then, it's like I've never been in that situation. So how do I know 
how do I ensure that that that, that is something I'm going to follow as well when adrenaline get a dump of adrenaline all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. anyways um so just real quickly before we close out this episode why should one deal with uncertainties yeah and that can be especially since we've kind of covered that uncertainties are kind of always going to be there and that mm. even when you get through some there's still going to be more behind that it's like okay well why sort through them um, I actually think that what you mentioned is a very, very good example of why it's important to cover uncertainties. Because, like, with what you mentioned, like, you don't know where that line is. That's an uncertainty. But once you have that established, you can then sort through it and you can wrestle with it. You can be like, okay, I don't like where that line is at. Okay, well, then let's, you know, see what we can do to move it. Um, but if you don't. And I think we've kind of talked about internally, if you don't actually sort through that stuff, I would argue you don't know what you're acting out of. And because of that, you can cross lines that you don't want to cross. You can not cross lines that you do want to cross. It it can feel very paralyzing um, when you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. And so I think internally that that's probably... Uh, the biggest reason is that way you actually understand why you're doing the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as externally, we haven't talked about external nearly as much as internal. Um, I think because if you work through it externally, it can make life better for you and for the people around you, which um, is kind of my loose definition of good you know (laughs) seems like a good thing to do (laughs) i don't know those are my thoughts what about you yeah um yeah i think really trying to um you know like you said like like what's what's the point of of dealing with those uncertainties when there's probably going to be I'm probably going to be dealing with uncertainties basically for the rest of my life. Like for, um, like why not just ignore the uncertainties and just live uh, hedonistically, you know, as much pleasure and, and everything uh, as well. And so I would say that dealing with uncertainties and trying to find answers to those uncertainties allows one to live life with intent if that makes sense um i think in dealing with those uncertainties and finding solutions and finding answers to those uh helps a person live life with purpose and and i think with that purpose comes living life with meaning and and finding purpose and meaning for for oneself and i think that can be very at least internally very uh, empowering to, to people um, is is um, kind of doing doing that kind of stuff and so yeah even though like you know the world seems uncertain <laughs> you know uh, you know watch the news you read current events and everything you scroll through social media and everyone's um, going crazy with all kinds of stuff um Things can seem seem very uncertain, uh, and a lot of those uncertainties are are things that that we can't necessarily control. Um, but I guess maybe maybe a word of encouragement is uh, I would recommend, and I'm talking to myself as well. Is like start looking at things that maybe this could be the homework for the week. Is start looking at things that uncertainties that we can control uncertainties that we can have some level of influence on internally um, in our immediate external environment um, and figuring out how we can find solution solutions to those uncertainties um, so that we can better our own lives better the lives of, of the people around us and yeah yeah I think that's good yeah uh, any additional thoughts? No, I think that's good. Yeah, I think uncertainties is a very difficult thing to deal with in life. 
Yeah, it, it, it is. Very much so. Well, thank you, all of you beautiful Alchemists and Stoners, for joining us on this episode today of How to Deal with Uncertainties and Why. And again, uh, we are not subject matter experts, and so hopefully maybe something that, even though we are not subject matter experts, hopefully something that we've said here today will help you guys as you know you proceed through life and everything and and yeah all that kind of good stuff uh so be sure to tune in next week or the week after uh our next episode <laughs> when we talk it's in about the discord and the discord which is why all of you on youtube spotify all those great things should join the our discord community so we can all have Synergistic conversations on a myriad of complex and complicated topics. <laughs> um, but yeah, be sure to join us uh, next time for the ethics of power. This will be a very interesting, interesting topic, and I would, we would love to hear all of y'all's thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, critiques, all that kind of interesting stuff. Again, uh, either in dis- the, the discussions channel on Discord or through the comments down below. If, uh, you're watching this on YouTube. And always remember, until next time, think critically and live fully, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.